Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sports Travel Podcast, where we interview leaders from throughout the sports event industry. This is Matt Traub, Managing Editor of Sports Travel, and our guest today is Scott Hallenbeck, Chief Executive Officer of USA Football. Before we begin, first a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Sports Travel Podcast is being sponsored by the Rhode Island Sports Commission. Rhode Island may be small in size, but it's big on sports. Unique, accessible, and entertaining, sporting event and meeting options are only limited by your imagination. The state boasts convenient and professional venues and meeting accommodations as well as first-class facilities that are perfect for any event. But we all know the games don't end after the final whistle. Rhode Island's convenient size means you're minutes away from award-winning restaurants, shopping, and things to do. Plus, it's easy to get here by air, rail, or highway. Visit GoSportsRI.com to start planning now. Now, on to the conversation. Flag football being named to the 2028 Olympic program earlier this year completed an impressive rise for the sport. Having the sport in the LA 28 games is a massive win for the NFL and broadening its global reach. On the IOC's part, having the NFL promoting the Olympics does the same in expanding its reach and marketing to fans of a sport who may have never bothered with the games in the past. And having gender equality in flag football is a big reason why the IOC was open to the idea of the sport being on the program, with more than half a dozen states having sanctioned girls flag football as a varsity sport. We talked with Scott Hallenbeck recently about the sport's inclusion into the Olympics, its rise among girls and female participants, and much more about the sport's global reach. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Scott, thanks for joining us today. Oh, great to be with you. When did you know for sure that flag football was going to be in LA 28? And what was your immediate reaction? There was plenty of you know, speculation and sourcing ahead of the official announcement. But when did LA 28 said, we're putting out an announcement on Monday and you're going to be in? Well, so that's a loaded question. So the answer, the obvious answer is we knew when everyone else knew when, when the IOC officially announced it. To your point, there was a lot of discussion. There was a lot of proposed dates where announcements were made that I think generally are both discussed sort of within the various sports groups and then also publicly that unfortunately didn't necessarily hit. So again, bottom line is there was tons of very good discussion, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of passion, but candidly, we didn't know until it was official. Obviously, in the wake of the announcement and then the IOC's uh, adoption of the LA 28 recommendations, there has been a lot of coverage about the NFL and the NFL's role in flag football and what players could be in LA 28. Describe the level, obviously, as one of you're not just working with as USA in your role with USA football, but obviously with IFAB as well, the International Federation. Describe the level of the NFL's influence in working with you and lobbying LA28 and the IOC and promoting the sport and putting it onto the program. Yeah. So, yes, I do serve as both the CEO of USA football and the vice president of IFAF. And in that capacity, have worked for years now with the NFL. In fact, it really all started in that 2018, 2019 window pre-pandemic where we really started to generate interest and enthusiasm on the NFL side, working closely with IFAF, and frankly made a lot of progress pre-pandemic. And we were effectively all ready to start to really move forward. And then of course the pandemic hit. I mean, literally it was right around that time. And then it, you know, it sort of took a pause for nine months, 12 months, and then we you know kickstarted it again. And they have been really an influential partner, a critical partner along the way uh, for probably any number of obvious reasons. But the passion and the excitement from Roger Goodell, the ownership, the clubs, it's, it's just been terrific. I give them so much credit, not only for, again, a, a leadership role with IFAF, through this entire process, the communications with the IOC, of course, their relationship with uh, LA28. 
the oper- the the excitement around from their perspective how this can help grow the game all of us have been involved in trying to grow the game from a tackle standpoint for a long time Let's just leave it there this is already proving to be simpler more cost effective just faster growth more we can scale much more quickly and and we being ifaf nfl you know usa football and our counterparts some 70 around the world 70 members around the world uh, it's already proven to be much faster so They've had an influential role, no question. Uh, candidly, I don't think we'd get it done without them. So uh, so anyway, great, great partner, a longstanding partner of USA Football particularly, but a great partner with IFAF. And we expect, you know, really exciting things going forward. With all due respect to the NFL as well, would flag football be on the LA 28 program if not for the gender equity piece and the role that being able to uh, have this sport both for men and females? Great, great question. And absolutely 100% right. Without, no, again, you know this, I think, all too well, but really as an Olympic sport, you have to have that gender equity. Uh, Football's not had it. So, So this is an incredible milestone just in and of itself. I mean, Olympics is sort of the icing on the cake. But that was a critical step regardless. And and I also, again, not only give the NFL credit, but IFAF, all of us. I mean, we've all embraced the idea of equity and inclusion. And we're seeing the passion and the excitement from the girls to women's side. You just think of it as a vertical pathway. I mean, what we're seeing from just the youth organizations alone, I mean, just quick example, tackle leagues that were, you know, dominant, just tackle, just boys are now like, wait a minute, not only do we want to add flag, we want to add girls flag. So it's it's a whole new paradigm, number one. And of course, you know, there's now eight states and growing that have girls as a varsity uh, sport in flag football. And then NAI having, I think the last number I heard is somewhere in the 20s of schools that have scholarships. And I will tell you our conversations with the NCAA, not only in the emerging sport for women, what's really interesting is there's so much enthusiasm at the collegiate level. They're even considering the idea of does it at least exploring, I'll be very clear, exploring that maybe it makes sense to also have a male side of this at, at that level. It's just, I think that honestly speaks to the support and love of football as a sport. Uh, and it just has more room for growth. And this could add that. But your point is 100% right. The NFL has, again, given credit, they have jumped on that. Particularly the NFL clubs have done a lot of work with their state high school associations. So, yeah, this would never have happened without uh, gender equity. 100% right. And again, I I give credit where it's due to the NFL and their clubs to help support that. You also were able to have flag football in the World Games last summer in Birmingham, Alabama. And IOC President Thomas Bach was in Birmingham. He was able to take a look at it and see see what the sport is like in person. What was the impact, do you think, on that, on him being able to see the sport, see how it's organized, and especially also, to, with all due respect to USA football, the fact that Mexico was able to win the women's category. Diana Flores has been a huge NFL-sponsored star in commercials and all of that thing. It's not just going to be two guaranteed gold medals for the U.S. There are there are countries that can develop flag football on bo- in both genders over the next couple of years and be competitive. First of all, uh, not only Thomas Bach, but our friends at LA28, we had a whole contingent uh, from multiple sides, IOC, LA28, you know, 
frankly, sponsors. A lot of people came out to really check out flag football for the first time. And to your point, it was super competitive. That is also very important to the IOC and rightfully so. I mean, they want to ensure that there's equitability in terms of competitiveness among countries. Uh, uh, so, so that is also a huge uh, component and benefit of flag because our, frankly, our world championships in tackle tend to be about the same eight to 10 countries and flag it's growing. It's the last, it was 22 countries in our last world championships is probably gonna be upwards of 30, which means 60 teams. Uh, it's massive and it's very competitive from top to bottom. So to your point, having the, uh, in this case, Mexico women's team win the, the gold there, it is, is important. Yeah, there's also, I mean, the Italian team just winning in the, in, you know, one, one there as well, uh, as, as silver. I mean, all of that is super important to the overall dynamic of the growth of the sport and the opportunity ahead. And now that it's officially on the Olympic calendar, again, as you probably know, it's going to open up opportunities with the respective national Olympic committees to get some level of support, funding, what have you, all the above. So it's likely only going to get better and more competitive. In your role with USA Football and also with IFAF, when did you start to see the spike happening for gender equity in terms of participation? And what trends are you now seeing as in the sport as that spike start even continues further? Yeah, good question. So uh, I, I wish I had the crystal ball when, you know, there was years ago we were running NFL flag and I wish I would have seen the future. I didn't quite see it at that point. But uh, but anyway, it, it really probably was that 2018. We were at the IFAF World Championships in Panama and the the quality of the competition there was just exceptional. The Panamanian women particularly had former Olympic volleyball players and soccer players and basketball players. And I was like, I just have not seen this level of quality of competition and athleticism, uh, at least in flag to that point. And I was blown away. And it was really shortly after that, we all sort of came back and said, we've got something here. We've got to build on this. So uh, that was sort of at least a, um, a light bulb moment for me. But I think collectively, again, somewhere around that is when we also, again, as I already mentioned, started having those conversations and realizing this there was real potential here. And we probably would already be two or three years ahead if it wasn't for the pandemic. Uh, so, yeah, I would guess roughly around that time. This episode of the Sports Travel Podcast is being sponsored by the Rhode Island Sports Commission. Rhode Island may be small in size, but it's big on sports. Unique, accessible, and entertaining, sporting event and meeting options are only limited by your imagination. The state boasts convenient and professional venues and meeting accommodations, as well as first-class facilities perfect for any event. But we all know the games don't end after the final whistle. Rhode Island's convenient size means you're minutes away from award-winning restaurants, shopping, and things to do. Plus, it's easy to get here by air, rail, or highway. Visit GoSportsRI.com to start planning now. What response have you seen from promoting girls playing football and women playing flag football in developing the sport overall? Does all this rise in flag football help you when it comes to developing awareness, whether especially in your role at IFAF, in just developing the, the overall entire sport? Un- unquestionably. Again, I often refer to it as it's it's um, it's just inspiring to me to see, you know, having a being a father of a of a daughter, uh, you know, growing up, you know, watching the sport together, her playing multiple other sports. Even now, she's 28 years old, but she's like, wow, if I could have played flag football back in the day and she was a collegiate, you know, lacrosse player and all this, like I hear this all the time. 
Girls are like, I've always wanted to play football and, and forbidden probably is a bit too strong, but frowned upon might be more appropriate. And, and now it's like 180 degree turn. It's the floodgates are open. We don't necessarily advocate for this, but I would tell you that we see more and more that, you know, young ladies, women are, are, Hey, I'm a great, you know, volleyball player, basketball player, lacrosse player, what have you. I want to play football. So I'm going to either play it as well, or I'm going to leave that sport and come play this full time. So uh, it's just incredible to see the quality, the passion, the the uh, enthusiasm for playing flag football that unequivocally, again, just the mere fact we talked about earlier about equitability, uh, that is a massive opportunity for football. I mean, just simply almost doubling participation is is not unrealistic. And the, the again, the reaction, the enthusiasm from, and not just the US, we're, we're hearing the same thing in Canada, the same thing in Mexico, the same thing, you name a country, everywhere has that trend right now. The It's as if the floodgates are open to quote-unquote, in this case, American football, but there's enthusiasm, passion everywhere around the globe. Has it been hard in getting high schools to recognize girls flag football on the state level? You mentioned about eight states, but obviously with all of the, with LA 28 and being an Olympic sport, is that, how much does that help you in terms of working and lobbying with state associations? Look, there is a viable path for these girls who want to play this sport to have it be recognized as a state, uh, a state sponsored high school sport. Pre the announcement, you already had seven, I think, or possibly as high as eight states. It's, it's sort of evolving and continuing. I've never seen anything like it. I've been working with the state associations and, you know, football domestically for almost two decades now. And I've never seen a sport scale or grow this fast. It's just incredible. And so just really impressed by that. And so, again, I give a lot of credit to the NFL clubs. And uh, and then now since the announcement, it's it's just rocket fuel. There's there's more discussion, more interest. Again, probably the best example of that is at the NCAA level. We're going to be having conversations with the actual leadership there about how we can align and support the growth of this. But, yeah, I've just never seen anything like it. And there it seems to be no end in sight. And how much does the idea of flag also help? Because... Over the last decade or so, there had been, you know, there had been plenty of think pieces about tackle football at such a young age and and what it does in terms of youth safety. So the fact that you're able to have this gender equitable flag football option for families, for parents, how much has that helped in your overall just being able to continue growing the game? Yeah. uh, So I would share and take a little pride here in that the USA football, I think, was ahead of the curve here. We created something called the football development model, which in short is a progression for development. So think of non-contact progression to limited contact progression to contact. So we're already talking to parents about, hey, take a fresh look at football, whether it's tackle or flag. That we've been doing this now for, well, since 21. Uh, again, we were ready to launch it in pandemic and we had to wait. And it, the receptivity of that has been just overwhelming. And then you layer in, again, not only the opportunity to have a conversation with a tackle league that says, I need to expand my participation. I'm going to add, you know, boys flag. And they're already seeing that that's increasing the participation. There's actually greater bottom line uh, uh, economic benefits that they're able to reinfuse and to tackle and make the overall program better. And now they're saying, why am I stopping there? We need to add girls flag. So I think the, the sort of combination of the football development model coupled with all of this exciting activity is just, again, it's like rocket fuel. It's all working strategically and seamlessly. Again, I wish I was could say 
was brilliant enough to see that happening, but I, but it just has worked out incredibly well. And so, yeah, it's, 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 it's sort of the, a perfect science. It's all coming together and, and it's fueling the growth of football. I mean, our participation numbers, I mean, it's, it's no secret tackle to continue to decline. It's slowing down, fortunately, but it does continue to decline tackle or excuse me, uh, flag is increasing. So the overall population of football is, is either equal to or stronger than it's been in years. Uh, and, and again, we're tracking now, what is that transition look like from flag to tackle? So that's, it's all relatively new. The football development model is relatively new. So we're tracking all that and learning sort of year by year. But the bottom line is adding flag again, not only, uh, from an equitability standpoint, from an overall participation standpoint is, is helped tackle leagues. It's helping overall football. It's giving parents confidence and comfort. It's a creating even a better, safer environment for football at the youth level. And then I always say, I think, I just think the pie is getting bigger, meaning I don't think it's going to hurt boys tackle, frankly. I think they're just going to be more, in this case, boys and certainly girls, they're going to want to play. So the overall football pie is going to get bigger. Obviously, so much attention has been focused on LA 28, both uh, in general coverage and in this podcast. You know, what also does the fact that you're able to be now on the program for 28 and be able to hopefully showcase the growth of the sport the next four years? Because try to lobby the Brisbane in 2032 and kind of remain on the Olympic program so that this is not just a one-time NLA thing, that this flag football becomes part of the international Olympic program and part of the Olympic just sports philosophy around the world. Yeah, you, you've nailed it. That is 100% our goal. We, we Frankly, I would be sure, I wouldn't be doing my job, whether it's IFAF or USA football, if we didn't have that longer-term vision and strategy. We do not want to come off the, the Olympic program, period. We, again, this is where I think you know our partner, the NFL, will be hugely valuable. Obviously, their experience speaks for itself in terms of major events, Super Bowl, Pro Bowl, you name it. Uh, they will do an excellent job with IFAF, with certainly LA, to put our best foot forward as a sport in LA and hopefully give our, you know, get all the results that everybody would expect to want, uh, ticket sales, uh, you know, uh, eyeballs, you name it, right? That that gives us as a sport the greatest chance to appeal to Brisbane and the IOC and, and stay on the calendar and stay in the program. That would That is clearly our objective going into LA. Scott, I appreciate your time and thank you very much for talking about flag football and its rise throughout the US and internationally. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure to talk to you and thanks again for, for uh, doing this interview. This has been another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for listening and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Past episodes are also available at sportstravelmagazine.com, which features breaking news and in-depth features on stories related to the sports event industry. Be sure to visit us daily at sportstravelmagazine.com, at Sports Travel on Twitter and Instagram, and at Sports Travel Magazine on Facebook and LinkedIn. Until then, this is Matt Trial for Sports Travel, and thanks for listening.